You're listening to Bricks and Clicks, presented by MarketScale, with your host, Jennifer Kalo Ruskin. Hey guys, I have Amy Aitman on today, and she is with Change Creators. We're excited about today's topic because we're going to be talking about storytelling as your marketing, how to build a know, like, and trust factor with your audience. And I think this is, Amy, this is like the perfect topic at the perfect time because (laughs) I'm hearing a lot from my clients. I'm super scared to show up real. I'm super scared to not just be behind a brand. And so they hide, like I'm going to get a notebook so I can do it. They like hide behind their brand. Like they, (laughs) I don't have any products around me, but like they hide behind their brand and their products and they're super scared to show up real because I think they're afraid they're going to lose sales. So would you stop for like just a second? Cause I think we could dive right into this. Let us know who you are. What is change creators? Give us some backstory and then let's launch into storytelling. Oh, sure. So I love this topic and this is so much fun for me, but I actually started my digital journey when I was a new mom and I finished university and it was the height of the recession and nobody would hire me. I walked into, I waitressed for years, like six years while I was in university and I walked into my, um, chicken restaurant that I had worked at for five years. I thought they loved me. I was like, it's going to be busy season soon. I walked in and I was like, this is me saying I need to get some money into my family. I have a little dude at home. He's nine now. And I was like, I really need to make some money. And they walked in and were like, we don't have anything for you. And they didn't hire me. Like you can bring your resume. And I was just devastated. I was like, this was my backup, backup job. And I thought I was going to go the regular route of like get a job. I was, I graduated in rhetoric and professional communications. So I started off like in that marketing communications world and nobody was hiring. I'm not even my chicken job. And I went home and told my husband and I was like, I don't know what to do. And he's like, Amy, just start your own business. And I was like, you're crazy. (laughs) Well, how can I do that? How can I like get clients? I had no um, internet portfolio. I had a really crappy laptop. (laughs) I had like, I had every excuse in the world to just like not start. And I just started. And I got my first clients were on um, Upwork, which was Odesk at the time. Mm-hmm. And my um, just started, I think I, I think I wrote like an entire ebook for like 50 bucks, the first client. And then I started charging more and I just really got the bug really quickly and really found a love for digital marketing and for, um, sorry, my eyes are tearing up a little bit today. <laughs> it's uh, the story. A- it's just <laughs> so moving. Oh my God, it's so true. I can't believe it. <laughs> But I really found a love for digital marketing and for this online world because it really did like afford me um, to have a real job. And I really built a business. I built a business um, for the moms out there while my son was napping. I found I my mission was to find um, activities for him to do while I worked. Mm-hmm. I got a, um, a great group of moms to, as a community to support me and really encourage me on this journey and help me and help me with my brand and help me with all that stuff early on, which was really great. Like if you are starting out, find your people, find that community that is going to support you and believe in your idea. Cause I can tell you, honestly, my husband didn't always believe in my big dreams. As I started to get a taste of success, I had bigger, bigger dreams. And that's when I met Adam. I met him on the first edition of Change Creator Magazine with Jake Oreck on the cover before it even came out. I was hired as an editor. We just started driving and he had this bigger vision for a bigger world for 
And he was putting these amazing people on the cover of the magazine that were literally changing business. And at that time, I didn't even know social entrepreneurship existed. And I didn't know there was a term. I didn't know people actually use their business for good, but it just hit my soul so deep right away. Adam's enthusiasm, his excitement. And I was like, I want to be a part of this, but I had a successful business on like on my own. And he was like, how can we get you on board here? I want someone like you with your energy and we share our values, our mission. And uh, it took a while for him to, to get me on board as a co-founder, as a partner. I remember the first, um, I was supposed to meet, we all, me and Adam met digitally like this. We didn't meet in person for, um, I was a year after we'd started working together. And I slowly decided to like, you know, maybe I'll look into this and see what I can do and see how it can help. Cause I knew I could really help Adam grow this business. And, uh, we were supposed to be media partners for this conference. And Adam was supposed to come down from Miami to um, New York and we're meeting up for the first time. And there was a huge hurricane in Miami and I was on my own with change creator. I had a rep. He didn't come down. He was like literally waiting for the Uber and then decided to cancel. He's like, I can't leave my wife. This is really serious. I'm like, I don't want to fly out during this huge hurricane. And I was like, no problem. So I had to represent this brand and this company all by myself at this event. And when I would tell people the story of Change Creator and tell them what we're doing, I just got such great reaction. I got so many, you guys are doing amazing things. And like, this is the kind of world we need. This is the kind of business we need. And it really established my like, okay, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to be using my digital skills, my communication skills for, to make the world a better place. And that's how I got involved in Change Creator. And Change Creator, we are a media platform. Um, we've had over 30 magazines, 200 um, podcast uh, interviews published. Adam does the podcast. Um, and we have uh, an education platform where we help social entrepreneurs really use storytelling for their marketing. So that's us in a nutshell. I love it, which wraps us up right there here. So out of those 200 podcasts, I did record one with, with Adam a week ago or so. Not sure when that will come out, but whenever it does, I'll make sure and put that in the show notes. So if you guys want to hear it, it's really fast and speedy and it's a little bit more retail focused than anything, but it's really fun. Um, so I love Amy that you just kind of like, let us right through that hole and here we are. So talk to us. I think most of my clients are or most of my listeners as well are like they're brick and mortar. They have a product. They may or may not have a social cause related and tied to their product. If they do, a lot of times they're really quiet about it and they don't mm. really know what to do with it. Um, I represented one company that's from Little Rock, Arkansas called West Rock Coffee. And they are huge about talking about the farmers in Ethiopia and in Africa and all these different places where they are making a huge change. And even with Amazon, we were able to really um, play with that in their storefront. We, we highlighted the farmers and talked about their stories and, and talked about how um, when you buy their coffee, this is the direct tie-in and how it helps them and their families. But not everybody does that. And I think that, again, yeah. they're a little scared. It's that like being open and then in a political environment, what is okay and what's not. So can you speak to that a little bit more? Sure. I mean, I love to believe that there is no, um, we, there's ways to measure impact. And in the social entrepreneur world, I think people really are like, you know, you have to do this and you have to do that but we really help people that are just really passionate and want to change people's lives. And you can change people's lives in big ways or in small ways. 
And most of us have started our business for, I mean, I started my business because no one would hire me, but there was this passion behind it. And as we are going, you're not going to, you're not going to have a thriving business without passion and without some kind of mission. So how you're helping your customers or how you're helping the world, it should really connect together. And a, a lot, even like the brick and mortar stores, how can you look to help your customers? And that's how you can have an impact. So there's lots of ways to have an impact. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are creating um, sustainable fashion and you're sourcing this or you're sourcing that. It's being more conscious of the decisions that you're making as an entrepreneur and really helping people and having that kind of ethos in your business. And that's what impact is. Now, a lot of times people today use impact. and um, But I like to say, you know, if you are actively trying to help people and change the world with your business in some way, then you can be an impact entrepreneur. I like to open up the, it'll a bit wider because I think that's the world that I want to live in. I want to live in a world where people that do good are not on one Island and people that just do typical profit first business are another Island. I really want us to find ways to connect together and make the world a better place. And that can, you know, there's a lot of ways that can, that you can look at that. So the famous example with Tom's is like the buy one, give one back. That's an old model. That's one of many, many, many social impact models that you can implement in your business. And for a lot of brick and mortar stores, there's so many things that you can do. So I like, I love talking about ways to have more of an impact in your business. Uh, one of our students was a, a hairdresser, had a local hairdresser. And I said, what do you do for like, what do you like to do for impact? And she's like, well, you know, I like, I feel like, I do some charity things and charity stuff. I said, why don't you do what you love and have people from in the community come and get free haircuts for a day, you know, rally up some of your, your makeup artists and your hairdressers and, and do that. And that's your impact. You're giving back. You are taking what you do. And that, I mean, that's also a really great way to, you know, promote your business and build community. I feel like as a brick and mortar store, you have to build community even more than you have to, you know, but I'll, I always like the digital side where you build community offline and online. So those two really connect and thinking of ways to um, have impact is it's just something that should be natural as an entrepreneur. And like I said, I don't want the world to be, you know, too outside. But most I say most young people today or most people that start businesses today do have this in their mind. I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot more people that that think of impact without even realizing it. I've met so many people that they're like, I didn't even know I was an impact entrepreneur, but I give back. I do things. I, you know, I help people. I give, I give proceeds of my income to the charities I believe in. And um, we're just given such a gift as entrepreneurs to um, be leaders in our community and to give back and to, and then, you know, our customers are, you know, paying for us to like have this awesome lifestyle and do what we love to do. So I feel like, we it's an it should be a natural thing for us to find ways to have more impact in our business and change the world with our business so how often would you recommend that we bring this the storytelling aspect of creating change and giving back into what we're normally putting on our social media i mean is it a like a give back tuesday and every tuesday you post it do you sprinkle it in once a month do you try to put it in everything? Like, what would you, how would you recommend that brands talk about their give back? This is a really good question because I believe that your give back, your impact is innate in your business. And so is your story. 
So I don't believe that it, it has to be like a give back Tuesday or a thing that you use for your market, like a thing that you use for your marketing. It becomes who you are, the essence of who you are. And storytelling can be quite strategic if you use it for your marketing. And a lot of times when we're um, doing like a social media post, there's a different there's a different goal or a different purpose for every social media post that you do. And there should be, when you're sharing your story, there's a reason why you're sharing your parts of your story. And I always like to say before you share any kind of story, like think about the purpose or the lesson that you are trying to embark there. Mm -hmm. And if you're talking about your give back program, why are you doing it? It's because you're trying to show that your values are when you say like, I value collaboration, are you showing that in a story? Are you show, demonstrating that? And so there's a purpose for that. If you're, if you have a company that says we value community, how are you showing that? And it should just become really innate in who you are. And it should really like, we believe that storytelling should um, inform all of your business decisions because it's like, it really makes you think about your values, your mission, what you want. For, and your customer journey, what they desire, what they need, what do they need to see from you before they actually buy? What do they need to hear from you? What, that's how you build that like no like and trust factor. So I feel like, I think that's, um, I think that's actually a big mistake that people do. It's like, it's like they add story to a post or they add story to something and it's got to be more, it's got to be more natural. It's got to be more ingrained. It has to be like just part of what you do as a business owner and it can be taught. So anyone can do this. Yeah. So anyone let's talk about that some more. Yeah. So, so again, to bring it back to a high level. So we've gotten like really into the weeds and sorry about that. I led you down that rabbit trail. <laughs> no, it's totally like, let's talk about give back and social change and how we post it on mm -hmm. social media, just in general of storytelling. Cause I feel like for the people that follow me, again, we are very, and I'll just say the collective we are very worried about how we are perceived within our own community, within the community of retail. We have buyers looking at us. We have merchant, mm. yeah, merchandising teams looking. We have like me mega retailers are, are watching your social media feeds and looking at every single thing that you post. And I feel like there's tremendous pressure to show up in a certain way. So how can you maybe mm. give my listeners and viewers here some permission to change from, again, I wish I had a product on my desk. I could just like pick up the chocolate That's... chips that I have over there in the corner. But like, instead of saying buy my chocolate chips or like we are vegan, mm -hmm. or we are soy free or like, yeah. Like, talking about the pro yeah, the product. How do you start to tweak that conversation into everything being a storytelling mode and every post? I love that. Story? And also, can you speak to, I think, we've been trained people don't want to read long form posts. So you have one or two oh, sentences well, I, to talk I have about. something to say about that too. Okay. I'm going to hand the mic back over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where do I get started? I under like the, your first question was great. Cause you asked about people are, they are expected to show up a certain way. And I have learned in the digital space that, I mean, that is tough. And as a woman, I don't look like Amy Porterfield. I don't look like all the, other women out there and I'm out there. I'm out there talking about what I do. I'm in videos. I'm doing that. And I find my people that love me. Like I've tattoos. I don't have them showing today, but I feel like I just have to like let go of those expectations. I mean, I don't know if it's an industry thing with retailers or if it's, if it's a, 
a female thing because I think women are told we have to look a certain way. And, um, but I feel like let, just let go, let go of that expectation. You are, when you are building an audience and you're building community and you're building, you're finding your, your right buyers, you have to be authentically yourself. You started this company for a reason. You have, you run this company for a reason. You are the spokesperson and you are the person that's going to drive your sales. And in the end, you are who you are. And inauthenticity is going to come across as fake so many times. There was this advertisement for a new condos in Toronto, which is where I near where I live. And they were trying to appeal to the younger generation and they were being like all hip and cool. And they got like, oh, they got so, so much criticism for it because they were, it was just so inauthentic. And so they're like a bunch of 45 year old dudes are writing this, this language trying to appeal to young people who can't even afford these condos. It was just like the worst marketing campaign they got. Like, so your inauthenticity, if you're trying to put on, like you're trying to put on a, a fake persona, you're trying to like say, I need to sound this way, I need to act this way, will come through as inauthentic. And that's not how you build trust and know and like with your audience authenticity really is. And when I say authenticity, I mean, be authentically you and, and your brand should, should have, should have you in it, should have your values in it. If it doesn't, I want you to like take some time and think about that and see how you can inject your values in your brand. Um, the other question that you asked was about, um, why storytelling and the storytelling factor. So we have a student that joined, um, and the product factors is really, she joined our program, the Captivate Method, and she has a ve she's a vegan um, health specialist, and she has a program for people that want to learn how to eat the special way of eating vegan. And she came into us and she said, "I thought I was just going to be talking about my service, my product, and talking about like you know my program all the live long day." And I thought that was going to be my marketing, but what I realized is that nobody cares about you until they know that you care, and it's. In retail, that is really true, especially with, I think, a smaller company. So people that you're competing with the big brands that have brand recognition, that have the know, like, and trust factor that, you know, you're competing with, um, like, especially if you're, you know, you're competing with, yeah, you're competing on a different level. So what are you going to do to like break through that noise and to stand out from the crowd and to build your own audience that, you know, you don't need to depend on any social media platform. You have your own buyers that come to you and love you and advocate for you. Then Facebook could shut down and you'd still be okay. Google could give you no traffic one day and you'd still be okay. And that's what I really want for all of my entrepreneurs too. I want them to be like, build their own audience, have their own fans, have their own no like and trust factor. And that's where storytelling really can help because you can demonstrate and show that you do care that you thought through this product. So give you an example, like of the coffee example, the stories of the coffee, um, the people that are picking your coffee beans can be a great story to add the story, like how you choose, how you chose where to buy these beans can be a great story to add more than just talking about the beans themselves yeah. <laughs> or the product themselves. And there are product stories, like don't get me wrong, there are times to talk about your product. Like people, um, especially in our world, they, they spend a lot of time creating their product and thinking about the social good and thinking about everything and the, uh, the chain of um, production and all that great stuff. There can be product stories, but there has to be everything else too. You have to have you know, your origin story and your how I helped this person story and how I did that story. So 
And the third question you had, and I love this question because we've gotten this a lot. So um, I think there's like these internet gurus out there that are telling people to short form, short form, short form. And there's this like, um, there's, there's this myth out there that we have no attention span anymore. There is this complete myth. And I can tell you, I've been in the content marketing um, world for a long time. And I can tell you there are, um, from data, from like tons of data, there are two, two kinds of posts that usually do well um, as far as blog posts. Really long form blog posts that are super in-depth content that really like a pillar post that go through everything and then a shorter form. There's like the in-between wishy-washy and blogs doesn't do very well. I can tell you the same thing goes with social media. There is a place for short form, definitely. But if you are going to really track metrics, long form posts, if done properly, can actually get you more engagement. They can get you more click-throughs and maybe not necessarily more likes, but as me and Adam like to say at our webinar, what metrics really matter for your business? You can have all the love in the world, but if people aren't buying, they're not yeah. engaging with you, they're not sharing something, then it doesn't really matter. All the likes don't matter. So you can have um, a thousand meme posts, which have their purpose as well, get tons of likes, get tons of views. If they're not buying from you, they're not loving you, they're not trusting you, then all those meme posts are just useless. They're not doing anything. So you're, when it comes to social media, I would say don't believe the hype about short form and you have to have a story that has like, we have to have this, um, one sentence thing, they have their place. There is a place for long form as well. There's a place for long form. And as you're sharing your story and, you know, strategic ways, you're going to see that those kind of posts can get so much more engagement than a, than a short form social media post, you know, but like I said, it's not just about clunking your story in every single social media post. There is some, like, there is some strategy behind it too. There is, you know, there's some best practices. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of uh, people come to us and they're like, I just started to try to use my story here, use my story there. And I'm like, that's great. How did it go? And they're like, you know, just getting your story out there does get you some results. I'm not going to lie. Like it will get you some results. But they're like, yeah, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. And so that's why we really created our program because we want people to have, you know, we want to take the thinking that through part out because we really had to figure that out our, the, the hard way, the long, hard way. <laughs> You're like, does this work? Does this work? And looking at the data. Yes. The Can you talk to that a little bit more? I think a lot of my audience is going to go, well, how, how do I start? I don't know if you're willing to share a couple ways on here of just kind of where, how to start thinking more in story form. And then also if you talk a little bit more about your program so that they can get help if they feel like I just can't do this on my own. It's too hard. Well, I think the first um, thing to start is like the mind is your mindset. I'd say really decide that you are going to be a face of your brand that today's consumers are demanding. They are demanding more, more knowledge are, and, in the digital marketing realm especially, things that worked two years ago don't necessarily work today because people are more savvy than, other, than ever when it comes to digital marketing. They can smell a funnel, an upsell, a bump. Like they know all, they know what all that is. They know when they're being retargeted. They know when they're being sold to. And so we have to do something a little bit more. We have to have what we like to call digital conversations. So the first step is to just embrace that, like embrace that this is the world that we live in now. 
And many of your entrepreneurs are probably really great conversationalists and communicators. I mean, if you're, if you have a brick and mortar store and you're operating it and you're selling people every day, how can you take what you do, that magic that you have offline and put it online? And so I would say, I would give them a little challenge. I could say is to like, think about what they, how they, how they sell and how they build that rapport offline you know, like the, like the door-to-door salesman of, the, of old days and how you have to do that and try to see how you can do that online and just try to like see what to do. And um, I'm like, like I said, they probably are pretty magical offline. And then they, people, we go online and we lose all of our uh, logic when it comes to how we talk to people. And I like to say, you would never, when it comes to like the sale, you would never ask someone to marry you on the first date. I mean, maybe some people do, but <laughs> if my husband had asked me to marry him on our first date, I would have been like, what the hell are you talking about? I really, I, I, it would have been so weird and creepy. You have to get to know people and you have to get to know, um, and they want, people want to get to know you. They want to get to know your brand. They want to get to know your values. They do want to get to know your product. But if the first time they meet you and find out about you, if it's all about sale, 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 and here, 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 um, you're going you're gonna to lose. And this is for the long-term plan. You're going to lose sales down, down the road. Yeah, and I want to ask you about timing. So yesterday, <clears throat> I've been coaching this friend of mine who is incredibly conservative. And it's so hilarious <laughs> that we're having this exact conversation, you and I, because <laughs> I literally coached him through this yesterday. And he's in a, again, a very conservative uh, service type industry to Walmart, to Target, big name retailers, makes tens of millions of dollars a year doing this. And he is, he's hired someone that I also use to really challenge him to brand himself as his own self, the company. And so he's like stepping out there. And the first thing he says to me, Amy, yeah. is, when am I going to see an ROI on these blog posts? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, I need to know that if I write five blog posts, I'm going to get one sale. And I'm like, there is no conversion method that exists like that. When you have never talked out in public in your mm. life, like yeah, no one true. even knows that you own the company, <laughs> you're going to need to stay yeah. for a while. Yeah. And so we talked about that. And I, and I think mindset as you're moving into a storytelling mode and you're moving into like a opening up and uncovering and taking off maybe your outer layer your coat that you had mm. tightly secured with a scarf wrapped around it because you don't want anyone to know who you are. I think you've got to think long term that this is a long term strategic process that takes at least a year. I was telling him, I'm like, you can't think in terms of five mm. blog posts equals one sale. You have to think in terms of it's going to take me a year to find my voice to really feel good. He was, Amy was so worried about copy. He's like, okay, I'm starting to write and I just feel like it's all about me and I really don't like what I'm saying. And he's overthinking everything. Oh, and wow. I said, you know, just start writing. And if you don't feel confident in, in that, start writing and then find a good copywriter that can come in and help. This is what we out. say. Yeah. yeah like, go ahead. It, you do not have to become a writer. Like this is not about becoming a writer. This is about becoming a better CEO of your company. Yes. Really. That's what it is about because you, the top like Microsoft and all the sales team, they, they call themselves storytellers for a reason. I mean, if you think about even the greats like Steve Jobs, he is a storyteller. Every single product that he creates has a story and this brand behind it that we all aspire to. 
And so if you think about it like that, it becomes so much less cumbersome. So like I love to write, but I even hire copywriters for certain things as well. So I always encourage, we have a lot of techniques in our program where you can actually start to, um, how you get ideas for stories, where they come from. We do a lot of that inner work so that you can dig up your own story, but it is, it's a process, but it's a, it is a long-term process because I don't want, I'm not about, um, getting you the quick, the quick, uh, we're going to make two K, two K extra this month from this one tactic that may, may or may not work. I and mean, there's a lot of people out there that are like, I'm going to get an extra five, 10, 15 grand. I'm all about like everything that you do in your business is going to be amplified. Everything your marketing mm. is going to be better. And a lot of people come back to us after they've taken, um, you know, another course or they're trying to do a funnel or they're trying to do that. And they're like, my funnel's just not connecting. My communications just aren't connecting. And this is like, this is the missing link that if you start with everything you do after that, your, your funnel will get better. Your emails will get more opens. Your, your, your um, conversions will get better. And it is a long game because building relationships with people, it depends on their comfort level um, and what they need to know. Some people are um, like, I, I have to admit with me when I purchase things, I'm the person that reads the entire sales page. I'm the person that looks them up. I'm the person that looks them up on every social media channel. Yes. Some people are like that. Some people, they like something, especially if you have a smaller price product, they buy right away. But how are you leaving money on the table? Cause you're not selling to the people that don't buy right away. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing in four months just to like, you know, to continue to build that relationship with them. And it only helps. It only helps everything. Storytelling really supercharges everything. It supercharges your efforts as a CEO and as a leader of your business because you can have a clear vision and really communicate your values. Um, I know for me, a lot of what I do is getting people on board my idea. <laughs> yeah. When you need to get someone on board your idea, you need to tell a story. You need to like really demonstrate this is going to work. You need to sell them. You need to be like, how are you going to join me and do this and join my mission? And so as a CEO, that comes in handy all the time. I, um, I work with a lot of people and I'm like, yeah, I just got you on board my idea. I got you in, didn't I? And it's like, it's a powerful, powerful thing. So I would go to your client and I would just be like, you know, work on that mindset factor. Like mm -hmm. I said, like that is the first step to the storytelling is work on that mindset factor that this is going to supercharge and give everything that you do gas, your marketing, the way you handle yourself in meetings, the way you handle yourself in as a CEO, the decisions that you make for your company. And if you can really embrace that, that's a, like a huge, a huge first step. Um, Amy, Adam, and I are all in a course group together. That's how I met Amy and Adam. And one of the modules within this course that I just watched yesterday was about finding and embracing your weird. And we've been dancing around this <laughs> quite a bit talking about storytelling. I and I, that. and as we've been going through this and your, and your very first, um, challenge was just let go. And I thought about three different women CEOs women business owners of multi, multi, multi tons, if not a half billion dollar companies and more. And I was thinking about them, Amy, if you'll give me just a sec, I'd love to talk about it. Um, I was thinking about Poopery. So I follow Poopery <laughs> on LinkedIn and I don't even remember the lady's name that owns it. Yeah. She's a freaking 
nut job, hilarious, <laughs> like she poop emojis and everything she says. She's all about <laughs> stop talking about bullshit stuff and let's get real with each other. And love she it. puts it on LinkedIn. It's so great. And I follow <laughs> her and I just love her. I'm like, 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 you know, like I love people like her. And I think about Sarah Blakely with Spanx. She's another mm -hmm. one that I follow on all her social channels. And I love how she has like the mug, the empowering mug. And just, you just see her beautiful eyelashes and it'll say something like, you know, wake up and be a badass. And then she'll long form blog post underneath that. And it gets a bazillion likes and comments. People love her because I think she was one of the first in our world of women CEOs and business owners to really step up as a mom and talk about being a mom. That yeah. she's a mom first, but she still works spanks around being a mom. And she has like five kids. <laughs> I love And she was talking that. about last Halloween, how she turned her van into the Scooby-Doo, like the, the machine time, whatever the machine thing is. Yeah. And so like the kids dressed up as like all those different characters and she dropped the kids off in car line in the Scooby-Doo van. Like it was the funniest thing. And so I think these are two good examples. One more that I had was Rachel Hollis. So in the Amy Porterfield world, mm. really close friends with Rachel. They're friends with Jenna Kutcher. Like they're all besties. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been really, 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 really empowering to watch Rachel Hollis allow us into her life. I mean, her kids have their own FaceTime, you know, videos. Like I love watching Dave and, and his daughter, Noah Hollis. They have time with Noah where he's empowering this little female human to be a badass woman and to talk, you know, like mommy's on stage, let's go watch mommy or like, oh wow, mommy's on TVs in Target, you know, like it's so cool. I'm like, I'm getting tingles thinking about it. Amy, we haven't mm -hmm. had women like this show up. So real, I love it. so raw and expose everything. Rachel has this condition. I can't remember the name of it, but it's the syndrome where if she gets like triggered or overly stressed, um, her face will be paralyzed. And she is, speaks on stage. She was just on Oprah Winfrey, Winfrey straight stage talking to 15,000 people a week or two ago. And she showed us a picture of like this mask, this like eye patch she's wearing because her face is disfigured y'all like nobody does this so i, I just, love it i wanted to run you know kind of like come back around and date night was last night with my husband and i was talking mm -hmm. about this concept with him and i'm like you embrace your weird babe and he's on um espn arkansas radio so he has a four hour every oh, wow. day talk show about sports but they talk about their favorite flavors of ice cream and like what's their favorite tv shows yes. and they're really open and they talk about life stuff they don't just talk about sports and he said, Hey babe, I was reading this or I was watching this documentary about Tom Hanks. Do you know he has this obsession with typewriters? He has like <laughs> typewriters and he gets like really ecstatically excited when you talk about it. And he's like, yeah, you make this imprint into the very fabric of the paper when you use a typewriter. And, and I, he was like, that's his weird. And so we were just embracing and being excited about how okay. we're showing up in our lives and for our businesses and for our followers that are both very unique with me in the business world and him in the sports world. And, and I feel like it's time and we have permission to show up authentically. But Amy, I wanted mm -hmm. to say something that I think you might agree with. You might lose some followers. Yes. Start to show up authentically. I'm going to hand it back to you. Do you want to talk? You might that? lose some followers and that's actually a good thing. I yeah. love to think of um, digital marketing as weeding out, people that shouldn't be in your, in your funnels, that shouldn't be in your, in your community. 
And so showing up authentic, authentically and actually talking about what you're passionate about and showing, sharing your life, it is such a privilege, but it's so powerful and you are going to lose followers. And I know so many amazing digital entrepreneurs, social entrepreneurs that make tons of money with very, very small audiences, but those audience love them. They can create any product, anything that they want and people will buy from them every single time. And that is just amazing because they're just out there and they're telling their story and they're just authentically who they are and authentically who I am is going to be different than, you know, um, Sarah Blakely. That's her last name, right? Blakely mm -hmm. from, uh, Thanks. she's pretty, she's amazing. Yeah. I met her, I've met her husband before too. And he's like, my wife is a rock star. I'm like, yeah, you are. She is. And we're just given such a privilege. Like it's such a privilege today to be able to have this voice and to have this platform. Like I, when I was in university and I was um, like a young woman starting out my career, this did not exist. Mm -hmm. One of my, like one of my earliest dreams was to work as a producer uh, for CBC radio because I wanted to have a voice and I wanted to tell stories. That was really what I wanted to do. And it's so great how the universe provides because I'm doing that now and just a different way, just a different medium. And I really like, that was like my ultimate dream. I was like, I want to tell people stories. I want to put my story out there. I want women to have a voice. And we're just given such like privilege and people are listening. Mm -hmm. So even if you think that they're not listening, they are listening and they're watching. Even if you have a small audience, you're going to be like getting, when you get yourself out there and you are authentically you, uh, people use our terminology back to us all the time. We will say something and they're like, just like Adam said, just like Amy said, and you know, Adam, like he, when we put out a video, Adam gets, um, people commenting on his voice all the time. And I'm like, embrace it. That's your voice. You're excited. It is memorable. Like you can, you're not going to forget when you hear an Adam video. And just like, I mean, just like, Adam, I look different. Like I don't like, I embrace, this is who I am. I have, you know, glasses and you know, I'm not like 20 years old anymore. I'm not like your ideal, like you know, I don't look like a lot of the um, women um, entrepreneurs and I am different. I have a little edge. Like I feel like I, you know, I could swear <laughs> at any moment. I have that little edge and that's how I raise my family. That's how I am in my life. That's how I show up to my work. That's how I talk to my clients. I, all, that's who I am all the time. Like this is, I'm not like, I'm not hiding anything. And I feel like yeah, I'm going to piss people off. I had people comment on my videos. When you put yourself out there, you're going to get good comments. You're going to get bad comments. I will tell you that right now. It is just the way it is. You're like, if that's a fear of yours, I really want you to work on this because I know what it, I know what it's like to stay behind your computer and not get yourself out there. And I, um, you start putting yourself out there and people call me Miss Swan from Mad TV. Do you know who that is? <laughs> I love that. And I was like, that's hilarious. And I was like, are you upset? I'm like, no. I'm like, this is what happens. And I'm like, I'm given a voice for a reason. And the people that I want to hear me and are going to respond to me are going to embrace me and love me. And those people, like, they're not important to me, you know? And yeah. And not only that, I think they want more of you. Like, yeah. I am totally obsessed with Rachel Hollis. And I follow the start today journal and I follow Dave and That's I like watch day. all their little videos and I watch every Facebook live and I like, I'm showing up at 9am every morning on Facebook to watch their lives. 
not yeah. their life, L-I-F-E-S, their lives, L-I-V-E-S, yeah. right? <laughs> right? And so I think that you also start to train your audience to sort of be addicted to you. Like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be out there. You're going to see what's next. You're going to see the kids win their basketball game. You're going to see what happens when Noah has her dance recital. And so I think with that, Amy, like I've already fallen in love with you. I'm like, I need to take this course (laughs) too. Well, you tell us how do we get more of you and you guys and all the things that you're putting out there. Oh, that's great. Well, we have our websites, changecreator.com. You can sign up for the wait list for our program right, right on our homepage right there. Um, we have a couple of free downloads. We have a storytelling roadmap download that really walks you through how like storytelling for your business and how that works. And we have a social impact blueprint, which, um, it's a great, it's a great thing. We talk about storytelling there. It's such an integral part of everything that we do and yeah, come and join us there. That would be super great. Love to connect. I'm super accessible. So if you want to friend me on Facebook, I will be your friend. It's me. I have my, I have. My personal account is my business account. It's everything. I don't um, don't have a special Facebook account just for my friends and a special Facebook account for my business. It's all me, like all the time. And that's who I am. And I connect with tons of people through Messenger. And I'm like I said, I'm super accessible. So is Adam. Uh, I love I love that. I never want to lose that. No matter how fast or how big we grow, I always want to be like. You want to hit me up on Messenger? I will get back to you. <laughs> Maybe not within an hour. I'm a mom, so things happen. You know how mom do how moms do chats, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> My mom friends all get that. I'm Most the same way. They're I'm like, like, I'm in Carline and I'm answering you really fast. <laughs> yeah, I will answer you and then maybe an hour goes past and then I'll answer you again. Yeah. And, but I will answer you and I will like, I'm really accessible. So if you have any questions, like, please reach out to me. You can find me, um, I guess that on changecreator.com. We have a, our Facebook page is change creator. We have a private, um, Facebook group that you can join where we really talk about this in a lot of ways and we take questions and we help you really grow. So there's lots of ways to get involved with us and see what we're about. Um, but obviously we'd love if you join our program too. Yeah. You know, I really love to see these businesses really grow and people become more confident. And I know there's a lot of advice out there, like just start, just start, just start. And that's great advice. But I found like in the early days of my business, if I didn't have that community, if I didn't have that mentorship, I didn't, couldn't get to the next level. And the more I invest, and I was one of those people that I had to have, I had to, to make a decision to even invest $2,000. I had to have conversation after conversation and it was slowing me down. I was making decisions so slow and it took me a few years to be like, Amy, you want to make decisions faster good or bad. And you can't be afraid of like, you know, taking that chance. So now when I make decisions and change for a change creator, literally it's like, you know, the day of it's like, okay, we're doing this. Um, we're investing in this. It will work. We'll make it work. We just do, we make decisions so much quicker. And that's just, that's just part of my own personal journey. But I, I've been, I couldn't remember what it was like in the early days when I, my hired my first business coach and it was $2,000. I had to go home and talk to my husband. And it was like the biggest deal in the world to spend $2,000 on my business. And uh, yeah, that was, but it was a good decision. I mean like that one, like that, every decision I make like that really turns out well for me. So. Oh, I completely agree. I, I wrote a blog post a couple of weeks ago and I led with like, I spend $30,000 a year on education and training. 
No shit. I do. And I have never, ever, 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 ever invested in something and been like, I totally feel hosed. I never should have done that. But I think I'm also someone that shows up and does the work. Yes. Like I'm a hundred percent. I am the number one person. I have the badge on Facebook. It's like it. top fan, right? Because I, I dive in and I think you have to. And I think um, you learn to strengthen the muscle. I would also call that intuition. You learn to strengthen that muscle when you start to say yes to things and you show up and you follow through and you complete it and you go to the next level. And then you get presented with another opportunity that's like, okay, now I need to level up my social media skills or like, okay, now I need to figure out what the heck's going on on yeah. Instagram because I don't know what I'm doing or like, okay, now I need to hire somebody to help with Facebook ads. And I've also written several blog posts about you can't wear every hat in your business. It's impossible yeah, and you can't is. grow. You have to start hiring things out. And you, so it's great that you learn it yourself and then go teach someone or hire someone on your team and then go put them in Amy's course so that they can do the work for you. Um, but I would definitely say jump in, like jump in, say yes. If you're listening yeah. to this recording, clearly you need help. And if you've made it this far in, <laughs> I'll just say yes. Yeah. Go get that top fan badge on Facebook in their group. <laughs> I love it. No, I'm all about that. I love action takers, you know, because you are going to, you don't know the results you're going to get until you take action. Yep. You're right. I don't believe you should learn everything. I believe that you should learn the strategy that you need for your business and implement that strategy with people. I have in my, I have a team of, we have a team of people. I have VAs, I have writers, I have copywriters, I have graphic designers, I have whatever I need to push my business forward. But the strategy part, which is where storytelling comes in, that's the you on the, the CEO. Mm -hmm. That's the big part that you can't miss. It's like, you know, the mindset and the strategy. So if you're going to learn something this year, that's really going to grow your business. This is where you need to, that's where you need to spend your time. Yes. And as you can say, we both take um, a program that we get awesome mentorship and the biggest thing I'm learning in that program is the mindset is like, you know, and how to read the data and what to like, what to get emotionally attached with or not. <laughs> like, I love it. And like, that is worth its weight in gold. Totally. Just, you know, to have to understand that, you know, okay, I'm not going to get emotional about this. It's data that is worth the whole cost of mission in our, in that program for me. So I feel like just when you show up, you're going to get what you need out of it. And then, you know, you right when it comes to executing, yeah, hire people. There's, there's, you know, there's tons of people and that makes me feel good. I love when people are like, you know, this is my only job. This is all I do for income. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> there, it's like, it's such an immense pleasure. <laughs> like you, my, like, that's another way that you're changing people's lives. You know, I'm giving them an opportunity to work from home. And next year, my, you know, my husband's retiring in December, actually this year, December and December. So it's kind of like next year. And um, I work from home. So we literally have the world at our, you know, feet here. I can work from anywhere around the world. He's from the UK and we considered moving out there. Um, I'm not sure, but we might move out east. We might move out west. We don't know. We're in the process, but this life would never have afforded to me if I didn't take action No, because if I, or if I just dipped my toes in the water with my, with my business, right. If I just like did it on the side or, you know, if I didn't just jump in, I would never have these opportunities in this, this freedom. Now I would probably, I probably would have found a job eventually with someone mm -hmm. and I would have been stuck to their timeline. And I have a lot of friends who are on the, you know, the partner track or the corporate track 
and they have more stress with their job than I do. They have, they spend less time with their families than I do. And, you know, I had a family emergency in England this um, winter at Christmas time. And we, I just dropped everything, got to take my son, my husband. We all went to England for two weeks. I took my laptop and my business was running when I wasn't even there. It was, we were making money without me being there. And it was like, this is what I've worked so hard for. So I'm like, just jump in. Like, don't (laughs) look at your business as a hobby. Don't look at your, like, just your if that's the life that you want. You and know? it's real. Like I think my people, my followers really have a hard time wrapping their brain around the fact that, that this kind of a life is real, that being yeah. basically a virtual nomad, which is what you and I are talking about here. Like you just taking your laptop and that's your work and <laughs> going to another country for two weeks yeah. and everything's yep. running perfectly. And while you sleep, you still make money because you're still selling courses and your people are still buying your magazines and all this other stuff that that is actually real is astounding. Yeah. It's astounding. Like yesterday I was not feeling great. I'm four days into keto and I was oh. like, Oh my God. I feel like, you know, that keto flu where like you start yeah, to I do. You're hot and you're like burning all these Cutting calories. out sugar can give you that. Yeah. No. I know. And I thought, you know what? I actually had a clear day. You know how the universe is. It always sets you up perfectly. And I had a clear day. I didn't have have anything I had to do. And it was freezing cold. It was snowing. And I was like, I'm just going to lay here on the sofa and take a nap with my dog. And, And then I woke up and I was okay. But you can't do that when you clock into a nine to five and you sit in a cubicle and your boss is telling you that if you're late again, you're going to get fired. And like, who wants to live like that when I you know. can live like we do and make way more money than if we were in a It blows my mind too, because this did not exist. And like this dream was way bigger than I could have imagined when I was in university and I was just starting out. So like you do have to wrap your head around the next big dream, the next big dream. You do have to get there and show up, but you're right. It blows my mind every day. I, 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 when I, especially like now we're talking about like, yeah, you're right. I can't believe this is my life sometimes. Like mm-hmm. this is, I mean, so freaking amazing. Yeah. The keto flu. I know I do intermittent fasting. So I have those days, like some intermittent fasting days are amazing and I feel great. My mind's working so great. And some days are like foggy and I'm like, all I want is food yeah. and it's really tough to get through. So, uh, I totally feel you. And I get to like work when I when I want to, I get to decide to do what I want to. And it really, like we interviewed Ariana Huffington and she really got me started thinking about this. She's like, you know, that work-life balance thing, everyone talks about work and life balance. And it like, we only have one life people. Like we really do. We only have we all the same amount of time. We all the same amount of days. So for us to separate our work and separate our life is really dangerous. And as women, like we feel like this pressure, we felt like this pressure for or working women, especially to like, okay, be this great employee here and do this great thing. And we're saying now there is a way that you can have them. Yeah. Like it's not an either, or it's a everything. And, you know, and yes, there are times when I am working on weekends and I am working late at night and I'm just like super, I love what I do. And I'm super passionate. My husband's like, are you going to come join us? And then there's times where I'm like, you want to go for lunch? today yeah. husband you know that was me like, yesterday i think we lunch? should go eat omelets i'm starving. yeah <laughs> yeah like just in the middle of the day surprising him because you know and i'm like do you want to just you want to go for lunch today like and that that to me is everything and my you know like like i said my facebook is my personal facebook because i don't I, I don't understand having that differentiator i really embrace this idea like 
this is what I do. This is who I am. And this is like uh, what I do. And it's really, it is really exciting. It Adam is. and I had that whole discussion sitting at the <laughs> table. He's like, why do you have two Facebooks? And I'm like, because I put personal private stuff on my personal one. He's like, well, how personal can it be? Like, why would he share that? And I'm like, I don't know. Yes. That's what I was told. See you yeah. like, honestly, like you can share what you want to share. And if it's really personal, like if it's something that, you know, someone's secret or something, I don't, wouldn't put it on Facebook anyways. I would be like, you know, right. but if it's something like, I don't know, I'm having a tough day today. Like, why not? Like, why can't people know that about me? I've had, you know, before Tinder, I had clients on my Facebook and but at first I would, at first I did feel like that. I was like, Oh, they're going to find out. They're going to think, I'm not working today because I'm at the beach or whatever. And I was like, just let it go. It's yeah. a different world than what you grew up in. Yeah. And no one is, people want results. That's all they want. No one is going to call me. I don't have any clients. Like I don't have, I didn't have any clients like that anymore. Anyways, they're going to call me on Christmas Eve and ask for something due. Yeah. Like none of that happens in my life anymore. And the people cool thing is we results. give our clients permission. Yeah. We show up that way and still deliver results. Right? It's true. Yeah. That, that's a really good point. It's true. We give the permission because yeah, there is so much pressure to look a certain way, be a certain way, do a certain thing. There still is that pressure out there, but you know, the more we embrace our own authenticity and have that, like those great examples of the women, the more the rest of us are going to come out of the shadows. And this is a process for me. Like for the longest time, Adam was the person that did all the videos, did the, did the podcast, did everything. And I was just like literally behind the scenes. I was the person that was like doing the SEO, doing the content strategy, doing all that stuff. And he's like, we got to get you out there. Like you are a co-founder. You can't just be hiding in the behind your computer screen. I was like, why? People don't want to hear from me. <laughs> that was my first reaction. I get it. I know. That was my very first time. Like, nobody wants to hear from me. And you love making videos, right? You love it. And I was like, you need to get out there, especially if we're going to start talking about storytelling. I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. You know, yes. storytelling can't just be something you do in a quiet room by yourself. No, and you have the unique woman and mom factor that he isn't. I mean, like, he's not a woman or a mom. So it's nice to have that. That's true. It's right to put us together on this podcast. So. That's what I said. I was like, I want to be on this podcast. I'm like, I yeah. love me some moms. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to wrap this up because it's been almost an hour, but I feel like the way that we've closed this out really is give yourself permission to jump into something that will grow you. And I think out of mm. any other podcast I've ever done, this is the most perfect one for you to do something and take an action on. So I'll be sure to do all the links at the bottom of this podcast where you can find Amy and Adam on Facebook and go get some examples of how they're weaving personal Facebook and business together all in one platform. Um, I'll also make sure that I give you a link to the Change Creator Facebook page and then a link to their program. And I'll give you a challenge. Like I challenge you guys to jump in and say yes to something, jump in fully, show up, complete the program and learn how to be a storyteller. Because as Amy said, it's only going to amplify what you're already doing with your own business. It mm. will increase sales. It will attract the right kind of customers and clients into your world. And it's what everyone is doing. Like this is what's working. If you're <laughs> yeah. working, it's because you're not storytelling. <laughs> That's right. 
Thank you so much. Really Thank appreciate it. Thank you so it. much. I just so Thank much you. love. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. Oh my God, you're so amazing. And I hope that everyone that's watching this goes and connects with you. Oh, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Okay. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.